If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Gil Whiteley is Whiteley So. Whiteley So with Gil Whiteley, Mile High Sports. Super Bowl week. Uh, Ar- Arnie Stapleton will be joining me in a few minutes. Arnie is the uh, the lead beat writer. He runs the uh, the Associated Press office here in Sportswise in Denver. Uh, I don't think he's going to the Super Bowl. He wasn't sure the last time we talked. So he may be at the Super Bowl because I didn't ask. I just said, can you come on and if he was at the Super Bowl, he would have said, yeah. So we'll find out that. Uh, but the Super Bowl coming up there, the practice fields. Uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of weird. You know, they give the practice field to Kansas City at the Raiders, which is just fine. And then they, the practice field that they set up in advance uh, for the the other team, whichever whoever was going to be, the Raiders were not given. I maybe because it's an AFC town, they they got. But as of December, the practice field was supposed to be inspected and be up to snuff, and they gave them the practice field at UNLV, which I imagine at at UNLV that they after the football season. Well, maybe they got soccer and, and right? I, I imagine they do. They have soccer and lacrosse and some other field sports. There's a field hockey one. I don't know if they have it. But if, it, if the football field is exclusive, and it certainly may be, but a football team, I imagine they let the grass go dormant and then start it back up prior to the football season which is good for grass to go dormant. But just let two weeks ago, week and a half ago, the NFL came in and sodded the practice field for the 49ers, and it and they put it right on top of the other grass, which, which tells me it was probably dormant. And, uh, and it's really deep and soft and not like a regular field, so it's slow. The turf is slow, and uh, the NFL just has to watch that, you know, and those kind of things. I saw in a show this morning, they were talking about the best place to hold the Super Bowl annually, and if they want to pick a city annually, you know, if you want to pick it, if they were talking about Indianapolis would be the best place. Indianapolis, that would be picking of, that would be picking a, a, Alex instead of annually. That if you go to Indianapolis every every year with the Super Bowl, they would be picking it annually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know the even with the 
the, the uh, even with one of the biggest tourist attractions in the country every year, the Indianapolis 500, it is 50th in tourism, Indiana. Uh, so to have a bunch of people argue that's the best place, might be the best place that, that, that would keep the prices down. Las Vegas would be the best place to hold it annually. But, I mean, the, the Super Bowl tickets, all of a sudden they're in Las Vegas. Super Bowl tickets last week were $8,000. What are they this week? If I Google that, if I want to buy a Super Bowl ticket, for, a pair of tickets for Sunday, what would that cost me? Probably eight thousand at the cheapest, around well, around ten. Well, I don't know. I, that's why I said, that's why I asked you to go ahead and Google it and find out and see what we're doing here. You're the Google monster, right? At least on this show, or the the Google winch, as I used to call it. But uh, so you can be the Google winch. Uh, so if you can find that out uh, before we have uh, Arnie come on, would would. But uh, everything's so much more expensive. It's Vegas. Everybody's got money. That wait, have, have you been to Vegas, Alex? I have. I have a couple times. Uh, how did you go? Uh, so the, the, both times were actually go, before twenty one. I mean, did, did you go? Huh? It was before I turned twenty one, so it wasn't oh, real Jesus. Vegas. Oh, it yeah, wasn't so real you, Vegas. Yeah. I wasn't oh, at the yeah. casinos. Yeah, you were a tourist. I wasn't at Stadium Swim. When we were, when I was kids, when I was kids, when I was in high school, did I have told this story before? I don't think so. Yeah, when I was in high school, we used to travel every year. Back then, Vegas only had two high schools. Now they got, you know, dozens of them. They had Las Vegas and Las Vegas Western. They only had two 5A schools. We would take our basketball team. Uh, there was only two guys. And and when in my junior year, uh, that were not seniors, that was on my high school varsity, and it was myself and another guy, Larry Burton, and everybody else was seniors. We were one of the best teams in the state. Uh, we lost to Long Beach Poly, who we had beaten twice in a home and away. Uh, we lost to them in the uh, in in the sports center, uh, sports arena, which is where, at that time, where the Lakers played and uh, USC played and all that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a huge arena. We felt like the kids from Hoosiers that you'd go in there and you'd look around. You go, oh my God, you know? Do you remember? You've seen Hoosiers, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that? Have you seen Hoosiers? Yes, I have. Yeah, when you go in the sports arena, there's a lot like that scene where they go in, they go, oh, my God. And they, you know, they measure it out. It's still 15 feet, 10 feet high. It's oh, right, feet. right, right. That's what it's like going into the, like a place like that to play when you're yeah. used to playing in gyms. Uh, you know, at you know, high school, you're playing in a gym that seats a couple thousand people. But... Uh, Long Beach Poly beat us in the semifinals, who we and they won it all. But Long Beach Poly is where, uh, is where uh, 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 Peyton Watson went to high school. Uh, you know, it's good, great basketball tradition. Long Beach Poly, one of the great basketball high schools in the country. Every every year it has been forever. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the the. We took a trip to Vegas, so I went as a junior. As a junior, I was probably six two, maybe a hundred bucks sixty. You know uh, how much do you weigh? Uh, like one sixty five ish. How tall are you? Five eleven. Yeah, see, I was six two, one sixty. So you know, I was just a thin rail. Yeah, <laughs> long and lanky. Yeah, even when I was a senior, I was six three and a half and like 175, but that was acceptable. That wasn't bad. Right. Uh, you had room to fill out, as they would yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. I did. You know, between the time I finished my basketball, which was probably January or February, 
uh, and the time I went to the Marine Corps in August, uh, I went in the Marine Corps, I was 210 pounds. Uh, and, you know, and I was 175 when I finished my high school basketball. So, uh, but when I was going in the Marines, I said to myself, I'm not going to go in here with a with a 175 pound body at six foot two. I'll be up, I'll get knuckled in. So I I built my body up because I I I wanted to go to boot camp and kick some butt. I didn't want to get my butt kicked. Uh, so I went on a weights and you know and all kind of stuff to to you know, to fill out and stuff. So I filled out in like five months and never quite and and kept that body for 40 years, 30 years. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, uh, we went to Vegas and we, that was my first trip basically as an adult because we had free kind of free reign. We were let loose and they would take your bet in Vegas. If you were tall enough to put the money on the table, they would take your bet. That's back. That's 1964. Okay. <laughs> Rules have changed. Yeah. If you could put two dollars up on the table, they would take your bet. They, no one would say, "Hey, you got an ID." And in fact, I was six two, you know. And and we, you know, we'd go to the casinos when we left the when we left the we stayed at the dunes both years. Uh, when we left the rooms, we had to be in a coat and tie. So we were kind of dressed up, and they couldn't, you know, uh, uh, you know, with that, and so. You know, it, it, but everybody was dressing up in Vegas then. I, you you didn't see people in like Bermudas or shorts or anything else when you went to a casino. When you went to a major league baseball game in the fifties, you were in a coat and a tie. Things have changed so much. You don't even you don't even believe when you went on an airplane. Uh, it, as for me, as late as the as late as the early. 80s, in the 70s, when you traveled on an airplane, you wore a coat and a tie. You believe that? I could not imagine that today. People value comfort over style. Everybody wore a coat and a tie. Uh, Things changed. This was a much more formal world back when I I grew up in. but yeah, I saw Vegas as a junior in high school, and uh, and then as a senior, I was like, you know, Larry Burton and I were the only guys on the team that had never been there before, you know, and we were trying to show that we are, oh, we're showing that, like we were veterans <laughs> of Las Vegas. It was kind of funny. Old guys on the block, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and there's some stories if you want to hear them, we'll do sometime at lunch. <laughs> Coming up, uh, Ernie Stapleton, he's, uh, we're going to talk NFL football, and we'll come up right after this. Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you? And say things that actually make sense, rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, Whiteley so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. And welcome, it is Super Bowl week here on Whiteley So. Join me a show, Arnie Stapleton uh, from Associated Press. Who uh, there was just released on a uh, on a, in a, in a uh, that uh, Arnie Stapleton is up for Father of the Year, Family Man of the Year. Congratulations, Arnie! <laughs> what are you talking about? I just started a list. Oh, nice! I like it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should. Uh, I saw some people arguing this morning on TV that Indianapolis would be the best place to hold a Super Bowl if they were going to hold it in the city every year. And so if they were going to hold it annually, uh, they should hold it there because they got all the... Indianapolis is the is 50th in tourism in the, in the United States, 50th in tourism. And 
and and they have the Indy 500, where would they be? They'd be like 55th out of 50 states <laughs> without an Indy 500. So if they're going to hold it there, I suggested instead of annually, it would be they would be holding it there annually. And, oh, um, my God. <laughs> uh, wow. But and we had a retractable dome here in Denver, which we should have, and Pat Boland, bless his heart, bless his soul, may he rest in peace, uh, was the one who turned down the opportunity to get a, uh, put a wrapped retractable dome because he was afraid that the people wouldn't vote for it because it would have cost about $100 million then. But I suggest that there would be have been at least two Super Bowls in Denver that they had a retractable dome. And there is no better place to hold a Super Bowl uh, than, in fact, Colorado, who, uh, who has the infrastructure and hotels. Uh, they could hold the NFL experience at the convention center. They'd have the thing to... The, the people could come in for a Super Bowl week or two weeks. The ski country is in full bloom. People would be up the mountain skiing and all the things that would go with it. Uh, this would be the perfect place to hold it, uh, the Super Bowl annually. Las Vegas might be the best place to do it, but Las Vegas is just too damn expensive. And if you've been to Vegas a lot, and, I, and Alex truly hasn't been there a lot. I've been there a lot as an adult. Uh, you, if you have $5,000 in your hand, it's not even real money. It's like Art Linkletter's pictures on there. You know, and you're playing in the game of life or something. It's Monopoly money. Uh, yeah. so $5,000, $8,000, you could have just won that at the crap table and said, ah, let's go to the Super Bowl, honey, and you're off to the Super Bowl. Because uh, there is just loads of, of just disposable income in that town. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a funny thing. It's like when the Super Bowl was in New York, 48, Seattle and Denver, you know, and it was funny how Manhattan was, you know, Manhattan is what it is. And so the fact that they had all that Super Bowl experience and all the hubbub surrounding the Super Bowl, it was really not that big a deal to New York. Um, because well, it's, it was in it's New already Jersey. huge. And same with, was, same with Las Vegas. In, it was in New Jersey. It wasn't well, in New York. The headquarters were in Manhattan. Yeah, I know. Well, you can put the headquarters in Manhattan. That's what I'm saying. Was it? It was a blip on the radar because Manhattan's Manhattan. It doesn't need right. the Super Bowl. I don't think Las Vegas needs the Super Bowl either. You know, Las Vegas is this huge experience and destination on its own. Um, you know, some cities that host it, even if it's L.A., you know, it's it's a big deal. Um, but I, you know, if, if there were to be a permanent home, I would hope it's, it's an outdoor facility in California or Florida. Although, you know, there's, there's flooding going on in LA right now. Um, so you're right, you know, a retractable, uh, roof in a, in a stadium in Denver would be the ultimate, the ideal. Um, let's, let's, let's hope maybe the Penners feel the same way. And when they put a new stadium here, whenever they do. Well, they will. They'll, have a, they'll absolutely have a retractable dome because it, it's it's worth the money to put a retractable dome in. But right now, uh, what would it cost a hundred uh, million dollars uh, is chicken feed to what is a new stadium is going to cost uh, in this town. And quite frankly, the stadium won't be in downtown Denver. It won't be. It just won't be here. And the stadium will be on the other side of the airport. You know, it won't be between Denver and the airport. It'll be on the other side of the airport in a in an area that doesn't exist that the Walton Penner Group are, are most likely buying that up right now under assumed names. Uh -huh. they're not, they're, they're, right now, there's Quayley. There's a lot of land sales going on. Uh, under other names and corporations that uh, no one no one will admit is the Walton Penner Group. Do you believe that? I'm not sure if I believe all that, but you know, I I, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem if they put a, a stadium out here. I don't have a problem with it. I know there's all the issues that come with the fan base and everything else, but you know what? Fans get to the stadium. Uh, there's there's a lot of stadiums in the country where 
it's not in an ideal spot. It's not downtown. It's not easily accessible. And they sell out still. So, you know, it would be an inconvenience and it would be a matter of some debate. But when it's all said and done, you know, that's progress, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's hear Eric Bienemy who made a move. Hey, it's progress, Eric. The I Quinn, you're out. Uh, <laughs> I'm hearing that Eric Bienemy might end up getting back on the Kansas City staff, at least in an advisory capacity, right away. What do you think? I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, that's the place where he was most successful. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got, you know, look, Josh McDaniels kept landing back, you know, in, with Belichick um, after all of his disastrous um, experiences and um you know, there's there's landing spots for everybody, I guess. And, you know, it's too bad it didn't work out for him there and things kind of above him didn't work out. But I really thought he said he would end up getting a head job having done that. Uh, and he was, he really, uh, there's all kind of factors, but I think one of the one, one of the things that haunts him is he's so old school and, and yeah. players, players complain about him. Uh, and well, I'm also got, hearing he does not he does not interview well. I heard that as many times. his personality, like you said, it's old school. He's he's a yeller. He he uh, he yells at guys, and it doesn't that doesn't sit as well today as it did back in our day. Um, you know the dictatorial approach, the militaristic attitude. You know that doesn't that doesn't work with a lot of coaches. Uh, with a lot of players nowadays, uh, it's just a fact. And so I think that that's hurt him. I think that there was always a little bit of a rush to, hey, you know, he deserves the job. And and um, I, I've always thought, you know, that he was not going to get one. And I would argue the point that, you know, he's he's too old school in that, in that sense. Um, you know, he was that way in the college ranks. He's that way in the pro ranks. And it just doesn't it just doesn't sell nowadays. Uh, I don't think Belichick gets a job at all. I, I, I kind of thought that when he got on the market that he would want to deal with a guy that's ultimate goal was winning 15 more games, not winning his, of course it was winning a Super Bowl. He's more worried now about winning 15 games and becoming the, the winningest coach of all time. Uh, that doesn't sit well with a lot of owners. They don't care about that. Uh, as much as, uh, you know, building a team for the future, and you don't do that if you hire Belichick. Well, look, even Robert Kraft got tired of, you know, of, of acquiescing to, to Bill on, on all matters. Um, anybody that hires him, you know, you're hiring a guy that's going to want, you know, complete say. And, and again, he's an old-school guy um, in the way he, he treats people and the way he treats the job. And, um you know, there, there's not a lot of owners outside of Robert Kraft, who, again, grew tired of it after 20-some years, um, who, who are willing to say, okay, it's my team, but you go ahead and, and, and you be the face of it, you run it, you do what you want. Uh, you know, that, that autonomy is not, not easily given up by these owners. And so I wasn't surprised. You know, the, the, the silliest notion, I, I had this argument with a couple of my colleagues, is the silliest notion that came out was that he was going to, you know, go become the Cowboys head coach right after, you know, they flopped to, to the Packers. Yeah, the Jerry, because, they're not going to give up a bit yeah. of power. <laughs> and, and, and besides, I mean, would, would Belichick want to work for a guy that, you know, that likes to hold court every Monday and, and talk about all matters <laughs> of the roster? I mean, come on. Yeah. That's not, that's not his style. So that made zero sense. Everybody was jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah, um, he, conduct, he conducts his own hard knocks every week. Yeah, Exactly. And anybody who's going to work for him has to know that. And conversely, anybody that's going to hire Bill knows that, you know, what they're getting. And so, yeah, maybe his time has just passed, you know, I mean, he's, um, he and Pete Carroll both, you know, they were in their mid seventies or about to be in their mid seventies. And so, you know what, it's, it's time to hang it up and enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's going to get that, 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 uh, 15 more wins. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, the NFL, which was supposed to pass the uh, inspect and pass the, the practice stadiums uh, at, at UNLV uh, in December, didn't do that. 
And now they added practice turf. They added turf on top of existing dormant grass. And now all of a sudden they got a slow practice field that the, uh, and they give the, the, the professional field to Kansas City, cause I, probably because it's an AFC city, an AFC team, and whatever. But well, uh, it's, it's it's the uh, AFC, it's the AFC's turn as the host team, so that's right. the Chiefs. You know, it'd have been it would have been any of the AFC teams that made it. They get that nice facility. That's too bad, you know. I mean, if you remember last year, the turf in in uh, at the Super Bowl was awful. You know, you had two of the most prolific sack masters, you know, playing in the game and, and there was no sacks because uh, the defense couldn't get a grip on uh, that. The field was awful. That, that's the thing that always astonishes me about the NFL is that they'll spend billions of dollars. It's this huge industry. And in their marquee gem of a game, you know, the, the field sucks. And, and this week it's, you know, the practice field sucks. These are, these are things that shouldn't happen in the no. NFL. And it's, it's, it's an annual thing with Roger Goodell. It's an annual thing that he's talking about bad fields. He's talking about bad officiating. There's things that, you know, the league just kind of skates by and doesn't address and fix. Um, and, and they need to, you know, th- these are things for the integrity of the game, especially with, you know, the, the, the prolific growth of gambling on the game. You, you can't just get away with, uh, you know, oh, we're human mistakes are made excuses anymore. I mean, it's got to be, um, it's got to be addressed, and and this, these are the kinds of things that will spiral, and and really become a crisis under Goodell's leadership if he doesn't, you know, address them in a better way. Even the U.S. Open, the USGGA, when they say, "Oh, the U.S. Open is going to be at a certain stadium a year in advance," the USGA sends their own greenskeeper or, or superintendent to that oh, yeah. facility to set up the in advance what the U.S. Open field is, uh, course is going to look like, and manicure it, any problems, they fix it. I mean, you know, uh, and then the, the Super Bowl has problems, and they, the USGA is better at doing that. You know, it's, it's like the Olympics, you know, the Olympics years and years out, uh, you know, has to check everything out, and some of the things come on late, come online late, you know, certain stadiums that get put up for, for certain sports, uh, winter or summer. And, you know, but that's a, that's a monolithic uh, effort and undertaking, and they pull it off. Now, there's always problems at the Olympics, but it's understandable because you've got, I don't know, 40 sports and across, you know, all kinds of space and time. And the Super Bowl's got one deal. It's got, it's got Super Bowl, the, the game, the big game, yeah. and, and the lead-up to it. And, you know, you got two teams. <clears throat> you got – you know, two practice facilities to to figure it out, and uh, and they goof it up. And, and you know, and I guarantee you, there'll be there'll be some issues with the officiating in the game. You know, that it's just become an annual rite of winter with the NFL to goof up something during Super Bowl week. Who do you like? I like San Francisco. Um, I know it's hard to yeah, pick against Mahomes, and but you know what? I think that you know the. The, uh, the Niners had him on the ropes last time, and, and Mahomes threw that, what was it, 44-yard pass to Tyreek Hill, and the floodgates just opened. Um, and if, if Emmanuel Sanders was just maybe an inch taller, he might have caught that ball, and we might have had a different ending to that Super Bowl four years ago with the Chiefs and the 49ers. I think, I think this one flips. I think it's the 49ers. You know, they've been, um, they've been the much better team all season. They've got the better roster. I don't think they've got the, the the better coaching, but I don't think it's that big of a of a advantage to Andy Reid. I know he's a grizzled. They've, got, and they've got a lot more offensive tools, except oh, yeah. they got the best coach and they got the best quarterback. Uh, you know that usually says a lot. So you know Kansas yeah, City. The, the thing is, Kansas City has a terrific defense, and and, and um, you know it's Christian McCaffrey and and all that firepower in, in San Francisco, it's going to be, you know, such an, such an, uh, an awesome thing to watch this offense. Yeah. I think it'll be a great game. Uh, I'm looking that? forward. I'm looking forward to a great game. I, yeah, I, I, I think it'll come down to one possession, like a lot of games with the, God, with the I hope so. 
you know, and so I'm I'm thinking it's gonna I'm thinking it's gonna be an intriguing game, and it's gonna be just like last time in the fourth quarter. If you remember, we were into the final six and a half minutes when San Francisco, you know, blew the the double digit lead. You know, um, almost seven minutes left, and it was twenty to ten. Um, I, I could see something something similar happening. So you can't never count out Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but I think this is going to be one that that San Francisco figures it out. Thanks, Arnie. Appreciate it. And uh, uh, say hi to everybody for me. Will do. Man, uh, right, man Father of the Year, Family Man of the Year, Arnie Stapleton. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Perspective. Experience. And a sense of humor. If you don't get it, listen closer. Gil Whiteley says things you need to think about. If you're wondering if he just said that, he did, rightly so. Mile High Sports. Hello and welcome back. Chris Marlowe joins us who uh, uh, plays the, comes in as walk-up music, as the Olympic music, because in fact, simply if you follow him on Twitter, it just states, has a gold medal. I think that, I, I really like that. Just nice and simple, clean, as a gold medal. <laughs> Chris Milo joins us. Hi, Chris. Hey, good to be on, Gil. Uh, you know, the NBA used to kind of cower to the NFL, but now it's it's taken a lot in the last five, six years from the NFL playbook and saying, hey, we want to be on the front page of the sports section, not that there's any such thing as the front page of the sports section anymore, uh, but they want to be in part of social media, all this other stuff, uh, every week of the year. Super Bowl week is, is, is one of them. And a few years back, they moved the, the trade deadline to Super Bowl week. Uh, and, and so that, the NBA is a talking point in the middle of Super Bowl week uh, because they're like, hey, you know, uh, they, 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 they have just decided they're, gonna, they're going to have their own uh, audience and, and, and approach fans as sports fans, not as football fans. So the NBA has learned a lot from the NFL. Well, I would agree with that. Uh, lots of chatter this week about who might make a move and who might not. Uh, I'm kind of doubting that the Nuggets are going to make any kind of a move. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I think there are other teams that will. There are other teams that need to make a move. The Golden State Warriors come to mind. 
But I think the Nuggets are pretty well set. If they could, you know, if they could get another solid player somehow without giving up too much, I'd be all for it. Uh, Yeah, it would be hard for them to trade for someone that could help them immediately. When I say that, be part of the playoff and playoff run. Uh, I saw Monte Morris's name battered around. But uh, to be trade for him would require some 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 maneuvering uh, in the salary structure of everybody, and you have to trade salaries. Uh, I think that would cost too much for the Nuggets. And would Monte Morris be in the top seven guys now? Uh, uh, which is what they really need is. If you can't be in the top seven, why even bother getting the guy? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Monte Morris is the answer. As much as I liked him as a player with the yeah, Denver Nuggets, exactly. Uh, he is he is a clone of Reggie Jackson. Uh, yeah. Maybe a better passer than Reggie, but Reggie might be a little bit better scorer. I think the Nuggets are pretty solid there. If they could if they could figure out how to get a Jordan Clarkson a high volume score that can come in and get you 20 uh, that might be worth exploring. Now, the question is, if you get a guy like that, is there any way to get him without giving up Christian Brown or Peyton Watson or, or, or Julian Strother or one of the youngsters on the Nuggets team? Uh, that That's the question for Cal, Calvin Booth and Tommy Balsettis and, and Michael Malone. Do they need uh, more bench help? You could use a little more bench help in the regular season, but remember in the postseason, most of the starters are going to be playing 38 to 40 minutes. So the bench is not going to be as, as important. So uh, some uh, interesting uh, decisions coming up for the uh, Denver Nuggets brass. I've had some discussion this week with different people and uh, and, uh, and close to their organization. And I'm hearing a lot of people actually think that it would be realistic uh, to maybe move um, uh, MPJ uh, 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 to the the second team and maybe move Peyton Watson into the starting lineup to give that second lineup a, a scoring possibility. And rather than look at it as a demotion, look at it as they did with Manu Ginobili, uh, uh, that when they put him in as a sixth man, that was the start of his Hall of Fame career. Had he been a starter uh, in the, in the, for the Spurs that whole time, he would have been lost in that, in that rotation. Uh, Michael Porter could be a real boon to the scoring, and I think it might actually help Michael Porter. You know, it's a possibility. Uh, I like Porter as a starter because I think he blends perfectly, and I don't think I don't think playing Peyton Watson with Gordon I, that seems redundant to me. Those yeah, two guys little, yeah. do the same kind of thing: good defenders, dunkers, um, uh, mid rangers. Uh, but I and do both, think you did on something. They both really well without the ball, huh? They both move really well without the ball, and and Michael Porter does not. Yeah, well, I think I, I, I think playing Porter with the second unit is a good idea. Uh, I, I don't like the two point guards with the second unit. Uh, if you're going to have Reggie in there, I'd like to see uh, 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 Porter in there. Maybe maybe even with Gordon, uh, you know, if they can stagger minutes. Because I think one of the things that the, the second unit is really missing is that scoring punch. And right. If, if you can get Porter in there uh, where maybe he's the man in, instead of being like third or fourth option, uh, that might really pay dividends. Uh, so, so we're kind of on the same you know, look out there. Uh, I sent you some tweets this, or texts this morning, not tweets. Uh, and, and we were familiar with the tournaments we played in high school, the Pacific Shores tournament. I know we played every year, and uh, they would they would have they would have an old tournament team. Uh, and 
what better, you know, uh, a guy like Jamal Murray is a really good regular season player. He's a guy that can get you those regular season wins and everything else. And then we know every time the playoff comes, we'll have this conversation, you and I, uh, me and, and Adam Matis or whatever it might be. Well, well we know that uh, Jamal Murray is going to go from 19 points a game to 25, 26 and him and score 30. And, uh, you know, he's just going to step it up. Uh, if he's going to be an all-star, I think, I think uh, it would be more important to be in the top 10 uh, or 15 and like what would be a, a two or three team, all tournament team. And you're getting the guys that are playing on successful teams that play well when all the chips are on the line. Not that may do a lot of scoring during the offseason and their team doesn't even make the playoffs, but hey, they're an all-star. You know, uh, uh, I think that would all of a sudden make that all-star team more important than the regular season. You know, they have that, uh, as you mentioned, in, in tournaments. Uh, you know, the, the, I believe the Olympics, uh, when, uh, you know, the United States participates in the Olympics in, in basketball, uh, they have an all-tournament team. Uh, after the, the games are over, they select uh, like the six most outstanding or the five most outstanding players. I always kind of like that. I got on a couple of all-tournament teams in, in my career. It, it, it's kind of fun. But I don't, know, I don't know if Jamal really needs that, you know, that validation for his career. Everybody knows he's a really good player. When he's well, I think the and everybody knows it. he steps it up in the playoffs. I think the fans need it, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, because, and I don't think Jamal's worried about, about that. No, I, you know, uh, if there's any team that everybody has, you know, they have a team identity, not an individual identity. The only individual identity on the Nuggets is really Jokic. And, he shuns that individual identity like no other player I've ever seen. Uh, you know, they play, you know, they, they, there's no conceit. They, they, they check their conceit at the, at the locker room door. And maybe it's what I love most about this team. Well, this, this team is a well-balanced championship team. All right. So, when they play a team like Portland and they have a, an Anthony Simons who's averaging 23 or 24 points per game in the regular season, he's averaging three or four more than Jamal. Uh, is he a better player than Jamal just because he has a better scoring average? No. No. Playing more minutes? Yes. Uh, and, and I think it's, it, it's something that all-star teams have just found their way to that the highest scoring players in the league make the all-star team. Not necessarily the best players. Exactly. Uh, well, give me the guys that play best when best actually counts. Well, uh, you, you you should put that in your manifesto. I am. I'm put starting that in your white manifesto. Start, I started. I, mean, I started doing this last week. Yeah, yeah. I think I I I don't think Jamal worries about that as much as everybody says. So Scott Hastings thinks he does, and that he's always kind of ginned up prior to the all-star break uh and then after the all-star break uh he settles into a a, a, a better mode so uh, we'll see i i think jamal's having a very good year uh he's going to get better and better as time goes along the second half of the season he'll he'll gin up a little bit and then when we get to the playoffs he'll become the the all-star that he truly is so i can't wait to wait to see that in the year 2000, uh, 1999-2000, that season, the NBA sent out a credentialed media uh, where we would like to see, or if there's any changes, you would like to see in the NBA. I thought it was a pretty smart thing to do uh, in, the, in, the next, in the next century. You know, that we're now 20% into, 25% uh, into. That, that even seems scary to me. We're already 25% into the next century. Yeah. Uh, but I sent, a, I sent a 
kind of a detailed, you know, page and a half email back explaining that I would like to see the NBA. Uh, it would put a lot of pressure on the scoring table, but I would like to see the NBA go to a, a form of the substitutions that they have in the NHL where they, where they could just go over and kind of tag team a guy. Okay, I'm running out of breath. You go over and you slap a guy's in. He goes on the court and then you, and you get off the court. And I said, it'll make the, the, the game much faster. I promise you. <laughs> but, uh, well, they could I, do that. They could do that. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's in the plans. No, uh, but no, this was 25 years ago, but, but I remember I, I said this complete thing. I never heard back from anybody, but I just thought in my own mind, I thought that would be, at that time, the NBA could use the help, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And they, ju they just lost Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, they want to figure out how to, how to fix the league, right? Well, you know, keep them in the conversation, and they've really kind of done that. You know, Stern was a great, a great, a taskmaster, but a great commissioner. Uh, I think, I think the, the uh, I think the, the book, I like Silver, but I think the book on Silver is still out and he'll be judged years after he leaves that office. You know, it's not something you can judge while they're in place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the NBA it, it's always going to be second to the NFL. I don't ever see it surpassing. Oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. if, if you look at, at, at social media and, and views and videos <laughs> and things like that, the NBA is king. I mean, they are fantastic. And the worldwide marketing of uh, the NBA, as you alluded to, is, is, is big time. So uh, I think the NBA is doing a good job. Could they do better? Yes. Uh, but all in all, uh, uh, I, I think the league is very solid right now. Yeah, it, social media lends itself to the to the NBA or to Major League Baseball if it was more important here in this town. They play three games a week. So there's always something to, to, to text about and tweet about. And, and you know, Instagram, I, I don't do Instagram. I, I have an account, but I really don't use it. But uh, I'm more of a Facebook guy, but I might... My Twitter is what I deal with sports. Yeah. Facebook is a whole nother thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, so it lends itself to social media because it's playing two and three games a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of activity going on. You know it. I know it. We're on it all the time. And uh, we're not even the, you know, biggest proprietors. I mean, there are people in our organization, Vic Lombardi and Katie Wingy, who are much more savvy about Twitter and much, uh, much more able to deliver videos and memes and, and mug yeah. faces and all kinds of things. And, uh, and, and they do it well. So I think the NBA in that aspect has built a better mousetrap, but their, their social media exposure is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Memes, which is actually spelled memes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, Katie's really good at it. I mean, she's Absolutely. always out there. Uh, your daughter's really good at it. You know, yes, she is. Yes, people, she is. Make a, people actually make a living on social media. And I, I mean, oh, it, well, that's no new. That's not breaking news here. But I mean, there's a good living to be made uh, for social media people who are really good at it. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I, you know, I just I post whenever what it might be, my daughter. But anyway, I thought I'd run, I'd, I'd run that up the flagpole. I think that would be a, a good way to isolate uh, the, the, an all-star team of players that play the best when the best is needed. Yeah. And so it's not just a guy that, that he's in the, didn't, his team didn't make the playoffs, but he's in the all-star game. Yeah. Uh, or you get eliminated in the first round every year. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, he's the worst all-star ever. He's a horrible all-star. Hey, maybe he'll get all-star MVP this time. He, do he doesn't want to be there. They picked him <laughs> last last year. And that, uh, 
Is he? Is he actually? They should actually have him picking his own team rather than stand there and, and wait. You know, you know, as a kid, you know, you never wanted to be the last kid picked on a, in a game. Hey, Gil, uh, Gil, you're you're a big movie buff, right? Hey, I am. Have you seen a movie called Sixteen Blocks with Bruce Willis? Yeah, and sure. Death? Yeah, sure. That's a you, remake. That's actually a remake of. Oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Yeah. yeah. So the reason the reason I, I, I say it is people can change, Gil. People can change. Jokic didn't want to go to the uh to the parade, right? And then he yeah. went to the parade and he had a wonderful time. So may maybe this all star thing might turn out to be something different where Nikola Jokic goes there this year, has a wonderful time, plays his heart out, and uh, ends up as the MVP. You never know with him. Yeah, you know, I didn't go to the parade, I didn't want to go, but a bottle and a half or of the Ron Rico tequila would, uh, I'd probably enjoy the parade too. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, uh Ron Rico was flowing that day. <laughs> exactly. Especially, especially and, with coach Malone. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was quite a day. And uh, let's not, we make fun of that. There was a tragedy involved with a police officer that got ran in there. And yeah. He should, he should always be remembered. Uh, and you know, in 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 talking, that had nothing to do with alcohol or anything else. It was just uh, it was just the proximity of all of the things that were going on. And, uh, a tragic day. I'll tell you who won the who won uh, who won the uh, the uh, the parade day was the uh, telecast you were on. You were on. Who were you on with? ABC. Yeah, the ABC anchor and Vic Lombardi and myself. That's my, I had all three of them up. You know me, I got my three TV package. You yeah. guys were by far the best coverage. Thank you. Thank so you. you yeah, that was that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I've <laughs> never been to one before. I, I'd been to a ticker tape parade uh, when we won the Olympic gold medal. They had a ticker tape parade for us in New York City. And that wow, was, I um, didn't know that. That, yeah, yeah. that would be great. I'd love to see that. Oh, my uh, God. That was, I, was a, I, I used to go to the Rose Parade. And I would sell film as a high school kid. I had uh, there was this group of things that got us, and and there was a, a guy, some business that sold film for cameras. Everybody showed up at the road parade and they had one roll of film. Yeah. Uh, well, they gave they brought us and great we bright went around with tons of rolls of film and sold film along the sidewalk, and we made a fortune as kids gouging people for the price of film because they had to take pictures of the of the and you know, they used up all their film in the first 10 minutes <laughs> you were over as a uh, slick huckster gil <laughs> yeah, i remember was, that about you that, that was the first time i said yeah that just makes sense to me <laughs> and i've been uh, yeah, i've been playing that card ever since i got uh, you. chris marlow thank you very much i appreciate it hey thanks for having me on gil Let's keep let's keep that all star uh, that all star thing in the back of our minds. Okay, when Jokic wins the all star MVP, remember I told you first. He doesn't want to be there, and uh, that's probably the perfect time for him to win it. All right, man. See ya. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. And sorry I ran just a little late. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, My Life Sports Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.